Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, filling in for Adam Hogue, who's on vacation and will do it. They're both on vacation, but that's all right, because we got you covered with a great lineup of guests this week. And for today's, for today's show, I have two guys that I respect a hell of a lot, and they know a lot about the Chicago Bears. I have Lester Wiltfong Jr., who is the editor-in-chief at Windy City Gridiron, host of the T-Formation Conversation podcast, and he's also the co-host of Bear and Balance. And I also have Kyrie Thompson, who covers the New England Patriots for WEEI, and he's also the co-host of the I Think I Know Basketball podcast. And I kind of want to start right there, Kyrie. Uh, you have yeah. your Boston Celtics in the finals with the Golden State Warriors. Who you got? Well, it, it's see, uh, I'll take a you know a slight thing here where it, they're not my Boston Celtics because I'm a Chicago guy, or Chicago land guy, so Bulls fan, you know, forever and ever. But I'm not gonna lie, man. I think uh, the the Boston Celtics are extremely battle tested. I think the Warriors are probably the better team, um, but I feel like we've seen this movie before a little bit where. <laughs> You know, if you if you can kind of make things muddy with the Warriors, it's possible to beat them. So, I'm I'm not fronting on this. I got I got Celtics in seven. Okay, I like, like that. I'm, try, I'm not I'm not being a homer about it. I I think the Celtics can do this. No, I mean, hey, they they're obviously in the finals for a reason. So it's going to be an entertaining finals, however way you look at it. Lester, for you, I mean, like I'm coming off a of Memorial Day weekend that's been, I think, just family filled and just a lot of. You know, hanging out with friends and family that I hadn't seen in a while. How was your uh, Memorial Day weekend? That was good. You know, it was real quiet. Uh, just just some cookout in the backyard is all I did. And just uh, just kind of chilled out and then uh, caught up on some some TV shows, binging a little bit. That's really all I did. Kind of. What, what are you watching right now? Uh, what am I watching right now? Uh, trying to catch up on Ozarks okay. right now. And then uh, when that finishes, you know, we'll pop over to Stranger Things because that just popped out as well. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Those first, so so I'm through episode four, Stranger Things, right yeah. now. That's a lot. 
I heard, I heard, I heard it's intense. Yeah, man. I I watched the episode last night and it's like, okay, yeah, sure. You kind of have an idea of like maybe how it might turn out, but still. So it's like my my nerves are like really frayed right now. Like I, I I need I need to like you know drink a beer, chill out before I go to sleep because uh, that was that was a that was a bit. Man, Kyrie too. It's like I I still need to catch up on season three and yeah. to finally it's we're they're in season four right now. Yeah, I heard the first episode of this newest season is uh kind of kind of tough with you know with everything going on, but um yeah I. I, I need to do a better job of binge watching all these shows. Like anything with Marvel, I still need to catch up on all the TV shows. I did see the new Top Gun, though. Top Gun Maverick. I freaking loved it. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um. And afterwards, after seeing the new one, I actually watched the old one. I'd seen it yeah. once before, maybe like 10 years ago, it but I watched up, the right? old one. It still, yeah, holds oh, still, yeah. it still holds up. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I definitely real, real recommend quick. it. Yeah, I got to say, uh, as your resident dinosaur guy, I'm also going to recommend binge-watching Prehistoric Planet. It yes. is the it is the the dopest, most accurate look at dinosaurs that we currently have. Um, I even got, like, my brother got into it. Like, uh, I had him over at the house for Memorial Day, and I showed him a clip, and he was like, hey, can we watch that, like, dinosaur thing? And I was like, yes! Yes! I just <laughs> reeled him in. in. Yes. Yeah, for, for those of y'all who don't know, I used to study paleontology. I've been on dinosaur digs. Like, I did the whole thing uh, before before I ended up in sports. So, yes, dinosaurs all day. Watch Prehistoric Planet. is cool. When you were, like, digging up fossils and stuff, did you find, like, when the bears are good in that type oh, of realm? Because, like... Man, it's it's been a while, but that that's an interesting fun fact from Kyrie there about um and I'm so into it too. I only watched one episode uh of of the show and I'm I'm hooked. So that's one that I need to continue watching. Um but cool. All right, everyone's got their own shows that they're watching and you know, I if this this CHGO Bears podcast has turned to obviously you get your Bears content, but hey, you need some show recommendations? We'll get that here as well too, but uh, I know a lot of people are tuning in, especially because I have two great guests like you, people in Bears Twitter that I can trust, who have great opinions and just great analysis on this team. And where I kind of want to start this conversation with you guys is with a former Bear who's now on a contending team with the Keem Hicks, you know, signing that one year up to $10 million deal with, with the Buccaneers. Guy that played six seasons in Chicago, you guys, we all know the force what the defense was like when Akeem Hicks was on it when he was healthy. But that's that's been the, the question mark with him as of late. Only played nine games last season. Over the past th- three seasons, he's missed 20 games. But for, for you, Lester, in the Bucks, what are they getting? What do you think they're getting in this version of Akeem Hicks? We know what he's been able to do unhealthy, but what do you think they're getting now? I mean, it's it's the key is there is health. I mean, if he stays healthy, he is as disruptive as ever. Um, you know, you have to look at a guy like him with his injuries. Is he injury prone or is he unlucky? I think there's a difference to, to make there. And I think with Hicks, you know, with the elbow, it was just a really weird situation where his, his, it got caught between helmets there, you know, then the stuff last year. And it's, you know, are these all things that are piling up where he, he's, his skills have diminished now over time? Or is it unlucky? I think it's unlucky. I think he's going to be fine. I think the Bucks are going to be smart. They're not going to overuse him like he was used quite a bit in Chicago. He's 32 now, I believe. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he still he still has some prime left in him, but you can't play 75, 80% of the snaps anymore. He has to have that scale down a bit, and I think the Bucks will do that, and I think they'll be smart, and they'll understand that 
he's a huge part of that defense now. Kyrie, what, do, what yeah. about you and, and Nakeem Hicks? Definitely. And you know what? Uh, there, there was definitely a part of me that uh, hoped that the New England Patriots would find a way to ah. lure, their, lure their old guy back to Foxborough because, I mean, I, I had so much fun uh, just watching watching that guy play, the edge he plays with. Of course, when you look at the contract, um, ain't no way Bill Belichick was shelling out up to $10 million to bring Akeem Hicks back home. He's like, he might have been the one who got away, but he doesn't want to bet that bad. You know what I mean? Um, at the same time, like, yeah, I think when you look at what the Bucks are doing right now and, and you know, things like trading for Shaq Mason, you know, a proven veteran that Tom Brady, you know, really likes – and, you know, grabbing Akeem Hicks to kind of fill in the void, you know, that's being left by by Sue, right? It's like they're, they're trying to stock things up for that win now kind of moment, right? And Akeem Hicks for one season, if you can keep him on the field and keep him productive, that's a nice move for a team that is trying to compete for a Super Bowl right now. Because as Lester said, I mean, if, if he is if he is healthy, he's just, he's he's a force. He is an absolute force. And I think that, you know, that that defense in particular, they've struggled the last couple of years, weirdly enough, with defending the pass. And some of it was because of injuries. Right. Um, but, you know, that secondary could be had all over the place. Right. And that's one of the reasons they uh, you know didn't make it past the Rams, you know, because in, in the end, when they really needed their secondary to make a stop, they couldn't get it. And so. That's also a way of maybe helping protect that because Akeem Hicks offers you value as a pass rusher when he's going right as well. So, um, again, it's just another way of stacking the deck and making your team as good and as deep as possible for what I think they're hoping for is let's win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady right now because we don't know if he's going to play next year or if he's going to be playing for us next yeah. year. Very good point. I mean, also just seeing Akeem Hicks next to Vita Vea, like, could. Good luck, offensive line. A lot line. of beef. A lot of that's beef, a right? lot of beef, a lot of force, and a lot of trouble that and you know, opposing teams Hall, are going to have. That's exactly. Yeah, that's Adding another Logan one. Hall to that mix, that is that is a problematic front. Yeah, uh, the Bears do not have the Bucks on this schedule this season. That's probably a good thing for for the Bears moving forward. But real quickly, you guys, I just wanted to touch on um, also in former Bears players news. Back in March, the Bears officially designated the release of Tariq Cohen. And, and Danny Trevathan as post-June 1st cuts. So the team will get around $7.2 million in cap this year, and officially that goes into effect tomorrow. Bears have currently about $15.7 million. So I, still, I believe they still have to sign their top three draft picks, so you have to yeah. account for that to be eventually done. And before we actually went live, I'm like, Lester, is there any, any Bears free agents that you're, like, clamoring for? And you know what? No. And I'm, I'm in the same exact boat. Kyrie, is there... Is there anybody that's like, oh, man, the Bears should still look into this guy? And if you don't have a name, I'm going to throw somebody out there. And it's not even something that I really want, but hear me out. All right. Go for it. Go for it. Here we go. So there's a guy by the name. And actually, Justin Fields brought his name up in an article with Bleacher Report. They said they don't have an Odell Beckham. They don't, right? They don't have an Odell Beckham Jr. He's 29 years old. He tore the ACL in the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying the Bears should go do this. This is just, hey, maybe they have some cap space. But most likely, Odell would not be ready for the beginning of the season. Probably would come away, come in healthy, maybe healthy, halfway, if that. But 
as a guy that has proven himself in this league, obviously wasn't probably in the best situation in Cleveland. Would that be a nice addition for a Bears offense? It's probably honestly going to take some time getting used to all the new pieces with the new offense. And obviously Justin Fields getting acclimated to the receiving core that he has that maybe halfway you can add an Odell Beckham Jr. for what I would think would help get the best evaluation out of a Justin Fields in a year two move. Is that something even crossing any Bears fans mind? Would that would you want that? Is that something to consider? Or is that just Nick just making up something, bringing it on this show and we'll talk about it? <laughs> you know, I think it's a good move for, for the player. I mean, for, for the Bears, getting a player of that caliber would be great. But I think we've seen how Ryan Poles have operated this entire last few months. There has been some bets on the market that he's just kind of passed on. I think he's mm-hmm. content in letting Justin Fields roll with Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Equinemia St. Brown. I think he believes in his receiving core much more than the fans do. Mm-hmm. I think he believes in Justin Fields to kind of take this offense to another level where he can get the most out of these guys and I think if you get a guy like Beckham first, does he want to go to Chicago? Chicago's going to be bad this year, probably. You know, it's going to be – if you do sign a guy like him, you're going to have to make it at least a two- or three-year deal to kind of make the rehab worth it. So from a fan standpoint, i love to see the Bears add more weapons. I just can't see the Bears uh, going that route. Yeah, and, and I think that the other thing being this skills for – so many reasons like a well let's see what we've got in a bunch of you know rookies and undrafted free agents and and young guys because this is not a year that the bears are trying to be competitive like or I, okay like they want to be competitive like generally in nfl games but they're not trying to win a super bowl this year you know what i mean so i think that this is going to be a year where you wouldn't necessarily sign an odell beckham junior because you want to play velas jones right and and you want to um, see if Byron Pringle's any good or, or if EQ's any good. Um, one guy that I had thought of, right? So I've seen, uh, you know, a couple of people commenting on like a, a JC Treader, you know, which would mm-hmm. be, um, you know, that would be a nice move. But again, yeah. I think it's about um, it's about the price tag. One person that I I had kicked around randomly, and it is a name that not a lot of people are going to be that familiar with, maybe uh, casually, is Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who was with the Chiefs a couple of years ago at right guard and he, he played he played for the jets last year i believe and he's currently on the free agent market he wouldn't necessarily cost much and that's a guy i think is probably you know assuming he has some tread left on the tires and we had some knee issues but you know he was able to come back and play last year a little bit um i i would look at him as like a if he's healthy that's probably uh an immediate upgrade over anything they currently have at right guard like right now and so and again, he has a connection to Ryan Poles from his times with the Chief. So I, I I would not be surprised if Ryan Poles has that name somewhere floating around and just like, hey, as we get closer to the season, like, hey, man, how you feeling? Uh, you know, would you be interested in giving it a run back with us? It's not like, yeah, I mean, he played for the Jets last year, so I'm pretty sure he's willing to play anywhere. So I, I don't know. That, that, that kind of signing I could see as being, you know, depth slash like, hey, I think you're good enough to immediately come in and start here. Because right now, I mean, you could argue that they don't have the starting right tackle or starting right guard, I should say, uh, of this team on the roster. No, that's it's a, it's a good point, because from the voluntary minicamp practices that I've been able to watch, it's been a rotating, been rotating between a Sam Mustafer 
Dakota Dozier will come in for a series of reps. Man, it'll be Mustafer. It's like, re- regardless of where you're at, it, it's not a good situation to be in, but it is still early on. Maybe you'll see what happens during training camp. There's always those unsurprised cuts that you, you didn't see coming. It's like, okay, maybe we can bring you on. You could be a day one starter because of the lack of competition. But just wanted to bring up a, a name that everybody knows and kind of talk it out with you guys. But I see majority in the chat here. It's like, just sign the best O-line available. I get that too. I, yeah. I get I get the reasoning there. And, you know, just the reserve some, some people have on the Spurs offense line because there's a lot of unproven guys. But we're going to get to the defense in the second segment of the show. But before we do, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. I'm rocking the, the Bears CHGO drip here, as, as we like to say on the show, so you can get that. If, if you feel inclined to, and that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from that CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com, and we'll help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live NBA same-game parlay, and we're in the finals. There's not many games that keep doing this, but you still have an opportunity to do so. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You know, I try that, you guys. It usually doesn't end up working in my favor, but maybe for the people who use PointsBet, it'll end up better in uh, their favor. And if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and guess what? Boost live with PointsBet. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano. I'm joined by Lester Wilfong Jr. from Windy City Gridiron and Kyrie Thompson from WEEI. All right, guys. I kind of want to talk about this Bears defense because I feel like the discussion, and obviously everyone knows about the hits philosophy. Everybody and their grandmother knows about Matt Eberflus and his hits philosophy and what he's going to bring here to Chicago. But a lot of discussions have been Justin Fields in this offense. In year one, with this new defense going from a 3-4 to a 4-3, with Matty Refluce, Allen Williams calling defensive plays for the first time in 10 years since he did in Minnesota, what 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 should be expectations for this Bears defense? There's Obviously, you have Roquan Smith in the middle. You don't even know if you're going to have Robert Quinn. I, I honestly do not know if Robert Quinn's going to be on this roster come week one. What what are your guys' expectations for this defense? Are they just going to create turnovers like they did in Indianapolis and you know be a force to be reckoned with? But Lester, when you look at what the changes that have been made, what Eberflus is bringing, still some of the the holes and question marks in this entire unit, what are your expectations? You know, I love the philosophy. I, I love the scheme. You know, I think it's you know for Bears fans, it's it's the old school Tampa too, but it has a brand new twist on it. You know, I think it's 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 been proven. It's a proven system with the Colts. You know, I think that the talent is there uh, to be a a pretty good defense. But if you look at the last time the Bears had a really great D, that was 2018, and you know who's left from that team? I mean, those guys are 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 gone. Eddie Jackson is that pretty much it? I think uh, was Roquan here that year. I'm I'm not even sure that yep. was first. Yeah, that was a rookie year. Yep. Yeah, rookie year. So I mean, there's not a lot left, and you know, with Quinn, 
I think he may be a, a, a trade at some point. So the talent's there. Uh, there's some guys brought in. Those two rookies have to pan out. I think that's going to be key because the secondary last year was was atrocious. You know, if, if you look at if you're, if you're being honest with it, there was some some moments there, but overall it just wasn't there. So the Bears got two guys in a draft that they hope are plug and play starters. And if those guys play up to expectations, you know, this defense could be, you know, a, a top half D, but you know, it's all about getting pressure on the quarterback. It's all about, you know, those guys, if they can do it, if Quinn's here, he's going to be in the mix, you know, but you got some other guys off the edge with Muhammad, with, uh, with Gibson. So if if Quinn stays, they have a nice rotation. If Quinn goes, then it's going to be up to some. So I think I'd step up. Snowden is, is that guy going to give you something off the edge this year as 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 a, as a, a second year from his undrafted status? So there's a lot of question marks still, but the talent's there. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a competitive defense, yeah. right? I, I don't I don't see it being necessarily a, a really good one because I, they, they have talent, but a bunch of it is young talent, kind of unproven talent, especially when you're talking about, about the rookies and some of the, the young guys are trying to see like, like Travis Gibson, trying to see like, okay, can you be an every down starter? Like, do you have that in you? So I, I think that, um, you know, they're, they're we might see a snap counts, you know, increase in, in, in time because, you know, they've got a veteran in front of him now with Muhammad. Um, I think that with the secondary in particular, I think the the bump in talent at the very minimum is going to make them, again, more competitive. Will they necessarily be really good? I don't know about that. And and as, as I think about it, I think about you mentioned Eddie Jackson, right? When Eddie Jackson was a rookie, there were so many times where. I mean, he was in, he was in the right place. You know, he he was moving well out there, but he was just a tick slow because he hadn't mm-hmm. seen enough football to be like, oh, I definitely know what's about to happen here, right? And and to, and to kind of drive on the ball, so you'd always be like a hair late for you know getting a pass, you know, breakup or an interception or something like that. That's the kind of stuff that I feel like I'm gonna like we should expect from like Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. They're gonna be there, right? And and I think that they are talented enough to the point where they're not just going to get absolutely clowned all the time, but it's going to take some time for them to develop that feel for the game. Once they get it, though, and that, and I think that they are indeed plug-and-play starters. They're very talented, they're very smart, and they should be able to play. I think once they get that down, and, and you know, maybe you'll start to see it towards the end of the season as they as they really get comfortable and they adjust the speed of the game, you're going to start to see some of those plays like, oh, yeah, like there there's that production we thought we were going to have from them. Uh, but it's going to be a work in progress. So I think that based on just pure effort, what uh, you know, Matt Eberflus wants his defenses to to play like and look like, as well as just solid coaching schematically, which I think that mm-hmm. they absolutely bring to the table. Um, I could see them being, you know, a middle of the road defense. I don't think that they are going to be great. I also don't think they're going to be horrible. That's not necessarily maybe I think people might want to be like, okay, which one, which one is it going to be good or bad? Um, But I think fairly in the middle, like in that kind of eh, like 13 to 18 ish range or something like that is where I see them comfortably landing. Okay. I, I like that assessment. Just again, just from what I'm seeing early on, what you guys both talked about, like the effort that this defense is going to play with, it's already, it was evident when the rookie minicamp was going on, how Eberflus kind of runs that, that that practice. And you constantly are seeing whoever has the ball, it's like everybody's punching out at it. They brought in Peanut Tillman. Everyone's seen like the videos of that, bringing in former Bears to kind of get this philosophy ingrained in them. 
So I definitely believe that's going to be a part of what this defense plays as. Just to kind of give you guys um, some stats here. Um, last season, you know, in, using football outsiders, I think they do a really good job with their metrics and how they kind of weigh a bunch of different factors when when doing so. Indianapolis was, was eighth in total DVOA. The Bears were 13th. And, you know, if you look at that number, it doesn't seem like the Bears were a 13th best ranked, you know, defense. Where where I think the the large discrepancy obviously is was is a turnovers. Indianapolis was second, you know, in total takeaways with thirty three, the nineteen interceptions, the fourteen fumbles. Bears tied for 29th with the sixteen a sixteen total eight eight fumbles, eight interceptions, keeping it nice and easy for people to remember there. But when Matt Eberflus started in Indy as a defense corner in twenty eighteen, the the Colt well the Bears won finished that that year. Top of, top of the league in turnovers with the 36. The Colts are 26. If I were to say, okay, the Bears had 16 total takeaways last season. The Colts in 2018 had 26. Do you think they can get in that range between that 18, that 16 and 26 mark? Now that it's Eberflus and this Bears defense in his first year, is is that maybe a replicable number to get to? I I'm just curious. You know, for me, I, I think it is. They say you can't coach turnovers. You, you can't teach them to get turnovers. But the effort that's there, you look at the, the defense under, under Lovey Smith. His defenses had the same philosophy, you know, always hustling, mm-hmm. always going the ball, always trying to get those strips. And every year his defenses were in, in the top of turnovers. You know, yeah, you can't coach it. But you coach the effort. If it's if it's a mentality you always have, it's always there. If you take a look at the year when when it was uh, the 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 Tressman defense, you know there was the ball on the ground with Lance Briggs. You know no one picked it up. These guys were in a, a hustle based defense for years, but just one year out of the system and the ball just sitting on on the ground. That doesn't happen with Coach Eberflus with Coach Smith in this Tampa two this hits philosophy. And I think just having that mentality back where it's going to be preached into them all the time. The whole practice in, in meetings all the time, go after the ball, strip it, punch it out. You know, I think that mentality will carry over. And, you know, they may not lead the league in turnovers, but the turnovers should, you know, they should increase a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with that. And, you know, turnovers are, you know, takeaways are variable, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, we, we've seen that, right? Um, you know, the, the 36 takeaways that year was, you know, something they didn't even really come close to approaching after that because, I mean, sometimes it's just when it when it rains, it pours. And, and when you have a defense like that, um, I call eh, maybe the, the Bears defense wasn't quite on that level. But, you know, I, I like to talk about once in every 15 years defenses, you know, sometimes like like the 2000 Ravens or the you know the, the 2015 Broncos. Right. Like you, you see defenses like that that are just like, wow, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And the Bears kind of had that, um, you know, that that you know, sort of ability and, and production. And, and I think that they don't have that right now because, I mean, you don't have Khalil Mack storming off the edge, like a healthy, you know, Khalil Mack coming off the edge and forcing fumbles all the time necessarily, right? But the first thing that popped into my mind when you're talking about, uh, you know, takeaways, like if you have Jaquan Brisker instead of, you know, Tashawn, you know, Gibson just kind of swatting it balls and letting them clang off his fingers or something like that it's like yeah that, that's probably worth an extra two or three right there just by itself you know what i mean um and and yeah i think that generally more bodies to the ball means you're gonna have more chances right swarm to the football and get 
extra pairs of arms and hands in there. And, and just generally, like when you do that, that increases the probability that you're going to force more turnovers. So I would expect them to see a bit of a jump here. The 20s should definitely be something that uh, I, I think we should expect, even, even if the, the defensive talent isn't necessarily uh, ungodly, right? Just the, the pure act of run to the football every single play, rip at it, poke at it. If the ball's in the air, get your hand on it as best you can, sell out for that stuff. I think you're going to see a little bit more production there for sure. I like that. And I see it, one of our commenters here. Um, it was Kyle M. He said, with our schedule, to if you look at some of the quarterbacks the Bears are going to face this season, it's not the daunting lineup that they had a year ago. Like, there's, there's a couple of rookies. like what the Patriots have to face. Exactly. So and they, they'll, they'll face Mac Jones, obviously, this season. They'll face, you know, maybe a Trey Lance. You, you have Jared Goff twice. You have, what, Marcus Mariota in the, in the Atlanta Falcons, right? So it's like they're the level of quarterback play and just some of the teams they face in general, Davis Mills also being in that quarterback class as well, the Bears will face this season. There might just be more opportunities in itself due to the opponents they play. You preach that that philosophy, that, that run to the football, that constantly swiping down at the ball to create fumbles, things like that maybe good things will happen for the Bears and, you know, they can actually change the narrative of, of what this defense has become. One last thing about the defense, you guys, that I kind of want to ask you about, the three-tech position that they have right now in Justin Jones, obviously not the Bears' first choice, being that Larry Okunjobi was their high-ticketed free agent that they wanted, didn't, as everyone knows, didn't pan out. How do you How do you just feel right now about the interior defense alignment? It looks like it's going to be Justin Jones as that three-tech, and from what I saw in practice, it was Angelo Blackson being the guy right next to him. And we've heard so, along with the hits philosophy, how important the three-tech is for this defense, what it does for the linebackers, and obviously how it also can affect the secondary. Just your initial thoughts and how you're kind of feeling confidence-wise. Maybe the interior defensive line in that rotation and Justin Jones being their guy, even though he was a plan B. Yeah, I mean, that's... They, they call that the, the three tech, the engine that runs the defense, you know, and, and I think right now that engine is, they're not sure what they have in there. I think Justin Jones, mm -hmm. he had some injuries with, with the chargers, you know, he has some nice tape out there, but again, consistency, is he going to be the guy that could do it for you? Uh, Blackson's going to be over at the nose. He may get some, 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 some time at the three tech as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mario Edwards, will he fill in there? I think right now, Justin Jones is going to be the guy that, I, you know, he's going to have that spot to start off, but, Again, what's his percentage of snaps going to be? Are the Bears going to trust him to be the bulk there? Because you need that guy that can disrupt. That guy like Akeem Hicks who can you know shoot that one gap and and, and be powerful enough to hold his ground and be smart enough to 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 not flow too far away from the play. Can Justin Jones be that guy? I mean, he's never been a Pro Bowler. He hasn't had the accolades and even the guy they had before with uh, uh, Larry Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, he had you know a bunch of sacks you know with the Browns with the Bengals. So. He's not that same player, but he's, he is young. So, I mean, the Bears are banking mm -hmm. on his best football being in front of him. Time will tell. I mean, right now, if you do look at, you know, where the Bears have some issues uh, on defense, you know, the secondary has been short up with the draft. Interior D-line, you have to see if these guys will all step up. And I think it's possible, but, again, time will tell on these guys. Yeah, and, and, and I think that that's one of the areas on the defense where – it feels like it's it's lacking in top end talent, you know, and I, and I think that's what 
the Larry Ogunjobi signing was supposed to do. Not that he's necessarily the you know the most elite three tech in the league, but I mean that that is that was a proven you know proven player, right? And I mean I've been watching him going back to you know 2017 when he was with the Browns, right? I mean it's, he's a good player, and you know to you know think that okay maybe we can coach uh, you know a little bit more out of him, but he's already an established guy. I feel like Justin Justin Jones. You're kind of thinking to yourself like. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the tools, right? So it's like it's mm-hmm. like maybe there are tools there, and and you're hoping that you can get more production out of him. I mean, when you when you look back at it, his uh, you know going back to Pro Football Focus a little bit, um, his best season was in 2020. Um, you know, his highest graded season, you know, just overall, and as as a you know run defender in particular, um, he's not necessarily uh, you know going to give you a ton when it comes to. Uh, pass rushing production, his highest pressures on a season was 18. So uh, it definitely seems like, you know, he's maybe more of a space eater kind of thing. And and, he, and he's maybe going to be more important as a, as a run defender and just like, look, hold your ground and occupy things when, when the pass rush comes along. And I think you would like to see more. From, you would like to see more from Justin Jones than that. Uh, right now, I'm not sure if he if he's got that. Angelo Blackson was a nice player last year. He really mm-hmm. was. Um, if this is going to be the interesting part, like is he um, in every you know de- like is he a starting caliber player now as opposed to a guy that you know kind of comes in for you know Goldman or Akeem Hicks and it's just like oh yeah like I got I got my motor running hot now uh, for a couple of snaps and then boom like you know I'm, I'm killing it. Right. So I think he's earned an opportunity to get a longer look. So um, as far as Mario Edwards and in, in, in Kairos Tonga is another guy that we haven't mm-hmm. talked about. Um, you know, those guys are fine as as depth pieces. But again, how much how much are you going to ask from them? How big is the is the depth role you're going to ask? Because if you're relying on them for significant stats, and you know, snaps a game, that part I don't know about. Yeah, no, that's. um Again, I feel like a lot of these players, and you, we, we brought up the receiving core earlier, right, where it seems like this coaching staff just wants to find out what do they got in each one of these guys in terms of depth and what will be the components moving forward into what should be a more entertaining 2023 season, to be completely honest, you guys. I know we're all kind of feeling probably yeah. similar there, but, yeah, that's that's a, an area where I looked at the, the roster, look how they're kind of lining up. Like in that practice too, Dominique Robinson, their fifth round draft pick, was the opposite end of Travis Gibson. You're going with the starting unit just because Alquan D. Muhammad has not been at practice. Robert Quinn, like we were talking about earlier, he has not been at practice. Don't know if he's going to be on this team come week one. So it's a lot of young pieces uh, throughout this entire roster that you can look at to see, well, the one, the team wants to see what they have in them, and I'm sure fans do as well. Before we get to the last segment of our show, to tell you about CHGO. All right, Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, at this point, what are you waiting for? What's what's going on? Do you need an open invitation? Here it is. Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member, and you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And of course, we have podcasts and live shows on every team and every day, and you never know who's going to show up. Could be Lesser, could be Kyrie, we never know. So that's why you got to have those notifications on. Make sure you're following us at CHGO. So make sure you come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. And points bet. That's a big part of CHGO as well. If you enjoy what we're doing here, again, at CHGO, 
One way to help us to continue to grow is to download that points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, probably know the email by now. You can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, you guys, I wanted to have a kind of a, a fun uh, I, to me, it's fun. Fun last segment of this show here. Um, and, of course, if any fans have questions, feel free to put them in, in the chat here. We'll definitely get to those. Um, but I wanted to know, we're all part of this Bears Twitter community. We're all in the same group chat, right? But there's an area of Bears Twitter that can be polarizing, that can be, quite frankly, annoying. And I just wanted to know, you guys, out of all the things that you see on the bird app here what are some of the the things that i guess annoy you the most i'll just start it off to kind of give you where where i'm looking at here because we're we're june 1st man and there's sometimes i feel like there's so many intelligent people in the bears twitter community like you can learn so much from a bunch of different people depending on who you follow but if you have a if you have a take you do a podcast write an article tweet something that kind of goes against the majority, but you support it well. You're not doing it to just be, you know, the outlier here. Man, do people go after you. It's like, it seems like that some people believe there's only one right answer to things when usually that isn't the case. And I felt like over the years, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And and then we kind of get like a Bears community that usually more times than not gets split into subcategories. And that's how, I don't think that's how it should be, but I feel like every NFL team kind of has similar things going on. But are there any things that you see on Twitter, uh, especially pertaining to the Bears, or maybe it could be any any professional team where you're like, damn, why is it that way? <laughs> you you want to you take this one, Lester, to start off? Because I got to say, like, uh, I... You can take it, take it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so I'm a little bit more tuned in. I'm, I'm pretty tuned into both uh, Bears Twitter and Patriots Twitter. So mm-hmm. can confirm it can get like that, <laughs> you know, across fan bases. And I know I, I follow people from other fan bases too. So so it's like, oh yeah, there are definitely segments where it's just like, come on, man. Like we don't have to be doing this kind of ridiculous hot takey thing. Honestly, the if you if you want if you want my honest opinion, basically anything about Justin Fields that isn't a direct report from what he did on the field, I I just I cannot I can't look at it. I don't care. Okay, I don't. But there I was that thirty second it, clip on the dot com that showed him throwing something. Come on, we have to break down that thirty second clip. Yeah, and we, we and we gotta break and we gotta break it down. It's in slow motion, and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, like the release looks slow," and and it's just like, "Yeah," because it's in slow motion. Okay, like, come on, man. Like, or, or it's like, oh yeah, the way, the way that he he dropped his, you know, dropped the ball below his waist. Like, first of all, no, we didn't. Second of all, your ass ain't Tom House. Like, come on. Like, we we got. I feel like we we gotta we gotta stop this. Where like everybody and and, and I'm not gonna act like I know every single thing about quarterbacking 
or or quarterbacking mechanics or, or, or anything. You know, I watch film. We all watch film. You know, we we get into that, right? But in the end, there are just certain things like we we don't know how it's gonna look until real football happens, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, all, all the discussion about oh yeah, like you know what trip what actually got me in regards to fields, right? Is there was like the one athletic article that came out a couple months ago. I think it was before the draft. And it was about like what, you know, league wide people are saying about Justin Fields. And there was one line, one line in that article talking about uh, some people are concerned about his throwing motion. And the rest of it was largely positive or at least Mm -hmm. neutral. But that one line from the article about, oh, yeah, people are concerned about his throwing motion. That becomes the headline for everything. Right. And I'm just like, this is so annoying. Like, I want the storyline to go away so bad. Um, the other one that I can really do without is, is people talking about how old Vilas Jones is. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. The dude's 25. Can we actually wait to see what he does on the football field before, before we get all mad about it? Also, don't care if he signs a second contract right now. How about we see if he's good? And then we'll talk about signing him to a second deal. That, that kind of thing is maybe a little bit more the I've been around the Patriots beat too long. And they mm-hmm. just get rid of people. And, and it's just like, oh, yeah, they, they got rid of that guy after his first contract. Eh, whatever. We'll just make a new one. Reload. So the, those kinds of things are, are, are what, what get me and why I'm like, man, if I search like the Chicago Bears, like OTAs, or I search Justin Fields, and I see and I see something that isn't like, this is how he did in practice today. Or this is what, you know, one of his coaches said about him, like, like directly from the source. Then I'm like, nope, don't need it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're always, always going to overanalyze things with, especially mm-hmm. with the quarterback yeah. spot. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a quarterback driven league. You know, that's the most important position in, in all of team sports. So he's going to get overanalyzed no matter what. But for me, the thing that kind of annoys me is, is it's okay for people to change their mind. You know, you don't have to yeah. dig up a take that I had or, or, or that Nick had or, or, or someone had, you know, three years ago because that take is no longer valid. It's sports. It's always changing. It's always evolving. You know, my thoughts on a certain player, it can change mm-hmm. year to year. It's okay. And, and you know, some people, you know, they want to have it in their mind where this is their take. And it's like, even though data has changed, things have changed, they stay on that take. It's like, it's okay to change your mind. That player you loved in, 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 in 2018 He's not the same player he is now. It's okay not to like him anymore as, as far as a fan goes. It's it's what he's given to the team is different now. So it's this thing where you get attacked for changing your mind, or it's like you you don't want to be flexible. This is sports, man. I mean, it's like when, when, when I was coaching, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways to coach the same exact technique. There's ways, different ways to get there. And I think that's as far as what we do, as far as you know, looking at the team, you know, there's a lot of ways to get where we're trying to get to. And those are going to change through time. So I think just the, the fact that, you know, harping on the same thing over and over and over and over when data has changed, to me, that gets to me sometimes. Yeah, no, that that's a great point. Just just to, like, make it quick, right? I think that we, you know, on whether it's just, like, you know, Twitter or even sometimes, you know, like. That's social media, media as right? a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it becomes about, okay, who can dig their heels in the hardest and like, mm. who can, who can be the most immovable from their like irrational take or, or something like that. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's just like, it's smart to recognize when you might be wrong or if you don't entirely know what's going on and 
you get more information on it. Like, okay, I learned, I learned a little something here. Or it's like, you know what, like based on like what I read here, like, yeah, maybe, maybe my ideas changed. Like that's smart. Like that's not bad. Right. And, and I think that we, we definitely, whether it's, you know, social media or just media in general, sometimes we get so wedded to our perception of, of how we think things are or how they should be that we don't allow ourselves to give things a chance in, in a way or, or allow our minds, I think, to be open to the fact that, hey, guess what? We might be wrong, you know, or so. So, I mean, I, I 100 percent agree with you on that. I like, man, that, that's a really good point because you put something out there, you guys, it's gospel now. Now everyone, like, that's what you believe. Nick said and, it, damn it. Yeah, he said it <laughs> back in 20, 2020 and we're in 2022. So, no, it's a really good point because, like, like you guys said, players change, schemes change. There's so much change in the NFL in a given year that the expectations for a player can change. The expectations for a season can change midway through a season because X, XYZ player got hurt. Like that, that happens. But um, another thing just to kind of add on to this, and I'll stop my uh, my venting here. Doesn't it always seem like when one, like you were kind of saying, Kyrie, like if somebody put, put something out, like every national media outlet's like coming out, their spinoff of whatever it may be, and especially if it's like Justin Fields, who's only going into year two and is with Matt Nagy in his last, you know, his last, last season that now there's a spinoff of this media outlet saying this all this negativity let's pile it up on this young quarterback that has still so much to prove yet it seems like all right let's already put him under the bus because uh for what that, that's the problem that I, I can't really figure out it's like it's things just pile on coincidentally all at once like one media outlet has it then here's the next one here's the next one and it just that's usually how it goes yeah, I mean, it's it's like definitely kind of a, a sharky, you know, sort of thing mm -hmm. to do. And, you know, one, one thing like on like out here on this end, right, is um, right after the Patriots had their draft. And I know this happened with with the Bears, too, because I was in the chat rooms, you know, I, I and, and I saw the reactions to the pick. And I was kind of laughing from afar because I, I was covering the Patriots. So I wasn't really uh, going in on the Bears that much. Um but the immediate reaction to the draft where it's like, oh, I hate that pick. Like you get a D, you know, like a, like a D grade for like this pick that you made, like, like the Patriots taking Cole Strange in the first round. Like, yeah, it was pretty weird. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, and then, you know, Tyquan Thornton, you know, trading up for you know the Patriots trading up for him, the number 50 and everybody hates it. And, um, you know, they, they should have gone like, you know, two or three rounds later. And it's like and then you find out down the line. And I mean, I literally talked to someone yesterday, an, an, an insider that said the Chicago Bears really likes Tyquan Thornton and wanted to take him on day two, as it were. And, and that he was actually like quite possibly their, their wide receiver one, which might explain why they weren't taking some of these other guys. Right. And whatever you whatever you think of that evaluation. Right. Sometimes you just don't know all the facts. But mm -hmm. people, you know, jump into it with like, oh, yeah, like Mel Kuyper says this was a terrible idea. And you know what? Maybe it was a terrible – maybe it will be a terrible idea. We don't know because we haven't seen these dudes play yet. But people are just kind of like, yes, like this is exactly how it would have happened because so-and-so, like this consensus of draft experts said so. But it's like we don't know entirely when, you know, certain players would go because I think we found out that sometimes teams just value players differently. Sometimes people get valued lower 
than you expect. Sometimes people get you know valued more highly than you expect. And in the end, it doesn't matter. And like once the pads, like once the pads come on, like your draft status, like isn't really that important anymore. Can you play football? Right. And so no one is going to care if you overdrafted a guy, if he's good. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's, it's like things like that. The, um, you know, jumping on the, the train of like, oh, well, so, you know, this national outlet or like this local outlet said something. And now we got to, you know, talk about how horrible it was because that's the consensus. And it's like, you know what? It's okay to wait. It's okay to wait (laughs) to express your opinion. It's okay to reserve judgment. Yeah, no, that that was so well said. And I think it goes back to how we kind of started this, where you were kind of mentioning how teams can value things differently. It's not always, there's not always one answer to a lot of these things. And that's why, um, you know, usually when we get into these arguments and stuff, it's, that's, it, there's a basis that kind of goes into that. But man, you guys, one, I just want to say thank you to both of you. Such short notice for hopping on the CHO Bears podcast. You guys are awesome. I would have just been here talking mindlessly for an hour god knows where that conversation would have gone probably full circle who knows maybe a left turn right turn who knows but that's going to do it for this wednesday edition of the chgo bears podcast like i said lester Kyrie, thanks so much for joining and doing this on such short notice before i close out the show though um lester let our listeners know where they can find your work and yeah how they can follow you um, windycitygridiron.com we got a podcast channel uh, we got all five six shows on there right now uh, second city gridiron is actually our video home as well and then of course i am at on twitter at wiltfongjr awesome and, and Kyrie, when when the bear look i'm already gonna plug this now when the bears play the patriots on that monday night game <laughs> we already know you're going to be a great resource for bears fans but where can they find your work and stay up to date with you Hey, you already know I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm not looking forward to the fact that it's on Monday night and I have to drive back from Foxborough at like three in the morning. I'm not. I'm not. I'll be. I'll that, be but. there. I'll be there too. So we'll have to link up um, before um, maybe the game or whatever. But I will be there yeah. at that game to to cover it. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And when when that happens, you know, when when I eventually come back on here, we got we got to talk about our uh, our uh, experience down at the combine. And how, yes, how we yes. how we walked up on Allen Robinson while we were both a couple of drinks deep. But okay, you know we'll, we'll... we have we have some time right here, Kyrie. Like I I wanted to definitely get to that. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, that I met Kyrie for the first time in person at this past NFL scouting combine, and of course, you know, being Bears fans, we we connect and get to to talk with with Allen Robinson. Yeah. So I mean, we were both hanging out like at the. At, at the bar at was it high velocity right yeah yes. high velocity is the name of the club there and so uh we just kind of we knew alan robinson was there and then we kind of saw him hanging out in the in the foyer over there talking to tyke tolbert current mm-hmm. wide receivers mm-hmm. coach for the chicago bears and we we're like oh i wonder what they're talking yeah, about it's like tyke's tyke's probably you know maybe trying to you know maybe they're just reminiscing because uh, as alan robinson told us him and tyke go way back because mm-hmm. tyke was a part of um you know, one of the, uh, you know, coaching staffs that was scouting him pretty heavily when he was coming out of the draft. And so, you know, they go way back. He clearly has a lot of respect for him. And I couldn't help but think like, yeah, maybe Tyke's kind of running the game, trying to see if he can get Allen Robinson <laughs> yeah. back in Chicago, even though we all kind of knew that wasn't happening. But yeah, we just kind of pulled up on on A-Rob and it was it was us and, and Adam Hogue. And we just kind of held court with them for about 20 minutes talking about route techniques 
and just like what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were both kind of sitting there for a moment, wondering if we were going to we were going to talk to him or not. Um, I'm definitely pretty introverted, so that's not necessarily the first thing I go for. But uh, I had had like four drinks by that point, so I, I was I was able to throw caution to the wind a little bit. Um, so so that that was good times. Yeah, and you know what? I felt like after that moment too, Kyrie. Like I kept seeing him. Like yes. you would walk from you know high velocity downtown. It's like. Oh, there's a Rob again. Oh, there he is again. Like, why are you here? But it's like it kept running into him. Yeah, no, and that's how it always is, right? When you see somebody, you talk to him for the first time, then all of a sudden it's like I'm seeing you everywhere. I never, I'll say this, I never talked to Coach Eberflus, but I saw him everywhere. Like we were <laughs> hanging out, like at the, like at at the other, uh, you know, Hilton or whatever, uh, the one with the Starbucks on the bottom floor, or whatever. Okay, yeah. Uh, and and I I saw I swear I saw him every day. Like he got the same like little mineral water thing. Uh, or <laughs> it's the same it, one. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a like lemon or like whatever water every single day. Um, and I was just like, man, should I go talk to him? It's like well, he's probably he's probably busy right now. Um, but. All of that was a complete digression from the from the first thing you asked me to do, which was to, to say where you can follow me, which is yes. on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter at KD Thompson five. Um, you can also follow my work uh, on WEEI.com, both written and occasionally I'll be on the radio. Awesome. Well, guys. Thank you so much again. And make sure you're following. They just gave the Twitter handles where you follow the work. So. Make sure you're following Lester and Kyrie. And also, CHGO. Check us out on all of our social media platforms, CHGO underscore Bears, CHGO underscore Sports, myself at Nicholas Moriano. But that will do it for today's show. Everyone enjoy the rest of your day. And until next time, Bear Down, Chicago.